Something I've noticed while building Levette, which is you know an intentional dating platform for self-aware singles, as I've been building it and talking to psychologists and coaches and so many single people, I hear the same thing over and over again, which is that dating is disappointing. Dating is exhausting. Dating is like a full-time job. When you ask most singles, like, oh, how's your dating life? Most people complain. It's mostly complaint-oriented. And I understand this because, listen, yeah, I agree. Digital dating is kind of a mess. This is why I'm building Levette. You know, I think the apps are dehumanizing. They're exhausting. They don't really set us up for success. But it breaks my heart to think that this area of life, which should be exciting and delicious and fun, has become honestly like a drag. And so today's conversation is really about how do we inject the fun back into that process. And my co-founder with Levette, Lauren Handel Zander, she also co-founded a big coaching company called The Handel Group. And today my guest is one of Handel Group's expert coaches, Hildy Dunn, who you know, comes from kind of like an educational background. She has a master's education, but she kind of ended up as a coach with Handel, realizing that this methodology was one of the most effective ways to help people get free and create extraordinary lives and extraordinary relationships. And the Handel Method actually helped and coached her into finding the love of her life who she's now married to. So she, came, she takes me on a journey today about how we can use some key principles some some key exercises to make sure that, you know, while we're looking for, you know, the person of our dreams, we're also really enjoying the process along the way. Hildy, thank you so much for jumping on with me today and going to this conversation, which I think is super important because, you know, there is a stereotype right now about dating as exhausting, as boring, as disillusioning. Everyone complains it's like another full-time job. And, you know, for me as a, a lover of love and a believer that dating can be delicious, I always want to be like, no, there is a way to make it fun. And so very grateful that you're here today to dive in with me on, around this question, how can we have fun while finding the one and it's funny you intro like that because let me just confess right off the bat i have a trait that i a personality trait a characteristic that i nicknamed no fun done like my last <laughs> name is done, no fun done. and because i that's how i used to approach love oh, it's gonna be so hard they're never anyone good it's a full-time job it's a lot of work right and so that energy you know if if what you think you bring, you can imagine how hard I made dating and you can imagine how much no fun I was having with it. And I can like, imagine as well, when you bring that energy, like that's not the most exciting person to go on a date with. <laughs> You're turning up like, oh, okay, let's do this, fine. Here we go, you know? <laughs> yeah, and so I really had to put that trait on a very tight leash. And I had to do it very specifically. So I love this conversation because I was there and I'm a, I'm a recovered, no fun donor, you know, and I had to work at it. And the first thing that I really had to remember was I am not running away from something. I'm running for something or to something. So the first thing I had to remind myself was it's not like I'm not running away from being alone or single or any whatever else you want to think about. But I wrote the dream about how I was in that relationship. So it reminded me where I was going. So it gave me like inspiration and I read it every day and I was like, oh yeah, that's why I'm doing this instead of, oh boy. 
Well, it's, um, like, it's like carrot and stick, right? Like if you're beating yourself with the stick of scarcity, fear, loneliness, failure, all the stuff that we're like, then like, again, you're right. That energy is so unpleasant to sit in and then you're dating out of that energy. So whereas you say you're dreaming into it, like how, how does one create a dream like this? Like what, what do you mean by dreaming it? So I literally had to sit down and go, okay, so if I am in my ideal date or my ideal relationship, how am I feeling? What am I doing? How am I experiencing the world? Right. And that sounds kind of easy, but not so much until you, because you start writing and you begin to realize all the other thoughts you have. You, re I realized no fun done was loud. I realized no fun done was driving the car versus my heart driving what I want. So I sit down and go, okay, let me just bullet point the things that I, that matter to me. I need somebody that's a family man. I have three kids. You know, I, I want somebody who also had kids or loved my kids or was, you know, wanted to be a leader of a band of angels, you know, like, so I wrote down, I wanted somebody that would have conversations. I wanted somebody, um, I'm a caretaker. So I wanted a caretaker too which was not something I really thought about before and still until I started to make the list. Then once I had my list, not about what I didn't want, but about what I wanted, about what I was going to bring in, then I started to weave it together with language and create something that inspired me so I could read it every day. Because you know, if we're talking about what we think we create, I'm literally have to use my own language to do it. So I wrote the dream and, you know, it takes every year I go rewrite my top dreams in my top areas. So, you know, just the spoiler alert, I ended up getting married, marrying the man of my dreams. And now my, you know, my dream shifts slightly to be like, we're a leader of a band of angels. We have grandbabies and kids and, you know, our house is full of color and love and excitement. So always evolving the dream is powerful way to lead from your heart. I, I versus love that. Yeah, heart. because like that's such, I know as you're speaking about like what it feels to dream into something. And if you're listening to this, like maybe just take a second to actually do that. Like think about a quality in relationship or in love that really inspires you that makes you like makes it delicious when you think oh gosh one day i'll be with my person and i always, i like for me it was always like i had this vision of like sunday mornings in bed because previously in my previous relationships i'd always dated these super active men that would get up at six o'clock in the morning and go running which is my worst nightmare like it's my actual <laughs> worst nightmare all i want to do is like have coffee, make love, talk philosophy. I want to like be in bed till 1130. And so I used to have this vision of like that morning in, in the Sunday, which encapsulated everything I wanted, the types of conversations, you know, the type of physical intimacy, the light, like, and so finding almost like a two hour window that if that window was true, would capture all the beautiful things I wanted in that relationship, right? So you can think about it, like whether it's a type of uh, experience on a Sunday morning, or if you are a sporty person running a marathon with your partner and looking across and watching their hair in the wind, I don't know, right? Like it's almost like getting to dream into our own rom-coms and fantasies and it makes it so much more delicious. So much more delicious and inspiring and fun. Right. Fun. Because oh yes, that word, fun. Guys, dating, fun. 
and I like and I love this is one of those kind of Handel concepts you know uh, Lauren Lauren Handel Zander she's a co-founder of Levette and obviously you know Hildy I know you've worked with her for many 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 years um, and she said to me as I was dating she was like Mia you are now in the phase called having fun finding the one and I was like, Ugh. she's like, you're looking seriously like you want it. You want a partner. But the mistake most people make, which is like you were saying, is they, they get their version of no fun done out, <laughs> which could be like, OK, now I'm looking for a serious relationship. I have to be serious. And anything that doesn't work is a disappointment and a failure versus like bringing this lightness and this play and this like dreaming to it. OK, so dreaming into it. I love that. So, and then once you start dreaming, you will start to hear the voices in your head. It's never going to work. You're too old. You've already tried it. You failed once. Like that, those voices get louder when they're up against the dream. So the, in order to like quiet them down so you're back to fun, you have to acknowledge them. My old way was like, la, 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 la. I don't hear that. I don't hear that. But the truth is what that does is just has it grow bigger in my head, meaning I'm believing it more and more like, oh, I am too old, <laughs> a little old, you know. So writing it down then had me start to go, okay, now that I know these thoughts in my head, what am I going to do about them? How do I start to shift them? So you so, wrote them down? Like you would wrote, write those thoughts down? Literally wrote a list. I'm too old. I've already tried this before. And then capital letters. And I failed. Um, you know, it's too hard. There's no good men in New Jersey. Um, you know. So what if, so whatever you're hearing is those complaints or those like and everybody has them. And you're so everybody right. As you them. as you start to dream, there's like I I used to have a dream. Uh sorry, I had the dream and then I used to have the voice which was like, You're never gonna find someone who is that like that's smart, but also that sexy. Like I had a limiting belief around like how smart and sexy someone could be, right? And so I was like, you're gonna, you're gonna have to compromise. You get, you're gonna have conversations or you're gonna have great intimacy, but not both, right? And it's like funny because you, you think it's real, but then you write it out and you can challenge it, right? Go, well, is it real? Like, yeah, you challenge and I go, oh, am I too old? Like I also teach fitness on the side, you know, and I had a theory like uh, I'm too old to teach fitness and then I went back and I researched everybody who's over 50 who was amazing in the fitness world and I was like oh that person and that person and ooh, that person and that person and every time I added a person it killed the bad negative thought I was having so same thing with love I'm like oh I'm too old and I go okay let me look at let me start to research people that you know, found the love of their life later, or, you know, made a, got learnings from what didn't work so they could actually, you know, create what they want. So, but once you, you have to really hear the negative thoughts and not be like me, which is like, la, 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 and thinking that's somehow going to make them go away. But writing them down gave me power back it allowed me to take the pen in my hand and go, okay, what am I, do I want to believe this thought or no? Totally up to me, right? And I'm like, is that going to, is that in service of that dream, that gorgeous dream that makes me almost cry from joy? No. So then I want to take that down. So, so I actually research. So like if you, if you have a belief, you write them down and you would go, well, listen, is that hundred percent true? Or can I find evidence to the contrary? Can I find people who are living the embodiment of the opposite. So you're looking for evidence to kind of help soften and break down those negative voices. Yes. Yes. 
And then I'm like, okay, so what else am I going to do? Yes, there's dating, but I got to deal with my head and my heart too, because how I show up is really who I'm going to, who's going to show up for me, who I'm going to attract in, right? So I'm like, okay, let me go after these bad theories or these bad beliefs that I was having called I'm too old. But then I also started to do two other things to get me back in my heart. One was I found, I, I started to look for evidence of love every day because I was like, eh, I'm going to happen. Only certain people, are they real? Are they really happy? Right. So I walked around every day. I would look, we're looking to prove something, right? Always looking to prove something. But I was like, oh, look at that old couple. They're holding hands, walking down the street. Okay. That goes on the list. Okay. Look at those two squirrels out there and they're running and playing and tumbling. I'm like, they go on the list, right? So I really began to look for evidence of, you know, different ways that there was love in the world. And I had to search for it and open my eyes for where it was versus the negativity Grinch way of like, you know, my main name is yeah, every time you see, every time you see love, if you're in Grinch mode, you kill it. You go, well, they're just in the honeymoon phase or like, oh, that's just pretending. Like you find ways to undermine even the examples that come your way, right? Exactly. So I purposely had to go searching, which was great for me to open my eyes to begin to look. Oh, look, he's at the store and I hear him on the phone going, hi, they have your favorite cookies. Do you want them? And I was like, oh, you know, so evidence of love, which starts to train my mind to believe differently. And then the other thing I did was I wrote a letter to my one every morning. I sat down and wrote him a letter. And it was like, hi, my love. You know, and every day would be like, I bet you love kids too. Right. And I, I'm like, my son went to college today, you know, for the for the first time. And you know, I'm feeling all these feelings. And I bet you would understand and sit there for me. And you would just hold my hand and we would have a quiet ride home as I thought about, you know, my baby's gone. Like whatever. That was one example. Or every day I would be like, hey, love, what are you doing today? I bet it's going to be something fun because it's a Saturday. Like and I would write a letter every day so I could actually visualize and imagine the person being there. And for me, it was fun to write a letter um, and connect. And so it's like, it's that same thing of like dropping into that state of connection and dropping into that state of relationship that you're trying, you know, to, you want to create versus staying in that state of fear or scarcity or loneliness, right? And, I, and so then I'm curious, you know, because I know, I know with the Handel method, and with Levette, we've done the same thing. We've integrated, you know, this the intentional dating structures that you guys teach and taught thousands of people. And this idea of like getting really clear to help you identify your person with your dream, with your letters, like did that help you identify, you know, your now husband when you met him? Yes. I mean, I saw him at the corner, you know, I met him on a street corner of New York. So I'm breaking the theory that says it's going to have to be like really planned and hard and you're going to have to get all dressed up and it's going to have to be on a big date. Like I met him on a street corner. We call it right. mating in the wild these days. I'm like, oh, you've been mating in the wild. <laughs> I like that. Wow. <laughs> right. But, you know, and so when actually I met him, you know, and the more I talked to him, I was like, are you the one? Like, 
wow. And um, the first time it happened to me, like we talked to him, we met, it's another story for another time, but it's a really fun story. And it really breaks the bad theory that it's gotta be so hard to find the one. But he, after our first date, he walked me to the parking garage and he paid for my parking. And it was the first, and it's not the paying for the parking, it's the energy, it's the caretaking, it's, and I like, I was like, oh my God. And because you, you knew that's what you were looking for. You knew that was the feeling you were wanting to experience. And so you recognized it when you felt it. Recognized it, you know, second date, he knows I was gluten-free and he brought me a little thing of gluten-free cookies. Like, there we go again. I'm like, oh my gosh. So the more you start writing these things, that family man, like I wanted somebody that loved his kids, were involved in their life. I wanted somebody that was good with his ex. You know, the, the, we have to co-parent our kids. I don't want somebody that is a, in a major, everybody chooses, but I did not want that. I wanted to be able to go to graduations and christenings and baby parties and, you know, be grandparents in an environment that everybody, you know, grandparents and parenting. This, this way always cracks me up. Like when, when I speak to singles who are coming in and like we, like I said, the first exercise we have people who join LeVette do is to do like an intentional map out of what they're looking for. And it's so interesting to me because like at first people's default is to say things like the height or the hair color or the, like, you know, like we've been trained to associate what we're looking for to very superficial external characteristics right and so it's like a really amazing thing to like help people drop into like, like okay but why do you want them to be five ten with blonde hair do you just or do you want to feel really attracted to your partner do you want to have, feel like a, a type of like delicious sexual chemistry and is it possible that, that could exist outside of out of a specific framework because i do feel like we're often balancing with dating i hear people say well if you have a specific list you're filtering people out and I agree if those things are superficial, but what you're explaining, which I love, is that you're not super, you're not filtering out for superficial characteristics. You're filtering in for key, important emotional experiences, right? Yes, and, and values. You want and values, right? And so then that way, like, yes, you do want to filter out people who don't meet that because you know that's what's going to make your life rich and textured and happy. Absolutely. And I had dated somebody before who actually wanted me for himself, which for some people that's adorable, right? But for me, I want somebody, I'm the matriarch of my family, you know, not only my kids, but my nephews and nieces. And, you know, now for my stepchildren who are like mine, but like, I need to sit in that role because I deeply care about that. And so although he was a good man, it was not my match. And if I ignored it and put the blinders on, I was like, good enough. He's met four out of five. I actually, it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And I think those things often do come back to bite us two, three years in, you know, that's why you know, we talk about intentional dating. It's not, it's not just like a bunch of airy fairy preferences. As you get to know who you are, know what matters to you, know the experiences you need and want to have. It's like those things are non-negotiable. And I, I mean, like, I, I just encourage anyone who is single and listening, there, there is such a, I think people get into a scarcity mindset where they go, oh gosh, well, there's only a few good people out there. Or if I meet someone good, I've got to grab onto them. But the truth is like, we are living in more abundant times than ever before. 
And, the, the, you know, like one of the good things about online dating, there's many terrible things, but one of the good things is we have access to each other. The hard thing is actually filtering. <laughs> it's actually knowing, like being able to effectively navigate your way through the oceans of humans. And one of the ways you do that is by having the standard that you want and you will not compromise on and being really willing to walk away from anything that is not that, even if it's quote unquote good, like you're gonna leave good for great. It's always true. Totally. Right. And so you're right, but you have to be clear on what that actually means for you and language it so that then you can hold up your people and go, how does this compare to my dream? Like, and, so, and maybe you can talk to that a little bit, because I feel like uh, one of the hard things about being single is even if you have the vision, you have your dream, you, you know, you're in that state. I mean, there is a, a relative amount of friction and disappointment. There's a lot of lying and all kinds of antisocial behaviors and ghosting. There, there are a lot of, I'd say, not pleasant sort of emotional experiences that tend to happen within the dating scene now. How do you advise people to kind of navigate those aspects? And they're going to have fun. <laughs> and have fun, right? Like, and they're going to be there for sure. But for me, the game was like being curious. Like, I believe there's a reason for everything. And I believe everybody is in my life for a reason. I believe everything I, I was up against, every challenge I faced, every difficulty was there, was actually taught me something. Or there was a reason for it. Or there I could take it and make, get a learning from it, right? So it's not about, I used to be like, oh, I failed. You know, and then I would break up with somebody and be like, oh, I got to tell everybody I failed but it's actually not failing. It's being clear as to what you want and then being able to look at every relationship or every date or every interaction from a place of curiosity. Like, what is there for me to learn from this? And sometimes it's like, oh, I learned that I'm actually a matriarch of my family and I actually need somebody who cheers me on and is the leader in his family too. Or, oh, I actually really care about telling the truth. So let me go back and make sure I'm telling the truth. You know, even if it's whatever it is, you know. So it, it, there is a, there, if you have, if you get curious and you go, okay, so what's there to learn from this person? It stops making it to be good or bad and putting him into like success or failure. And it starts to see this human soul as somebody that you met for a reason, right? Or a lesson or an opportunity. Even if the opportunity is to learn to say a very gracious no thank you. Or, or to stand up for a boundary. I mean, oh. I think that is, I, I really appreciate what you're saying because I think having the learning frame is one of the most flexible and powerful ways to approach teaching, dating because if you're outcome dependent, not only is it the feeling that you're always failing, but you should, like you're not gonna meet the one person you're looking for automatically or upfront necessarily, right? Like, and, but the, because you haven't met them yet, it's not a failure. Um, but that learning frame is really interesting because I think it also allows us to learn about ourselves as we go. I mean, I, I always say to people like dating is one of the most kind of intense personal growth boot camps if you want it to be really really can be like and also you're interfacing with relative strangers which none of us love to do and so it's kind of at this like edge of our social boundaries at the edge of our vulnerabilities like i think there's i understand why it can be really hard but i really think there is gold there to be had if you take that learning frame for sure 
absolutely, there is gold for sure. And it wakes you up to not only who you want, but wakes you up to who you want to be, right? And so then I go, okay, what does that mean for me? If I didn't like the way somebody did something, like, what does it mean for me? Like, what do I care about? How do I change myself? Or or how do I stand up for myself? Or how do I um, articulate more clearly what I want versus being filled with like, I failed or shame or, or blame? Because none of that, it makes anything fun. But if you're like, oh, this didn't work, but like, I met some amazing humans, you know, or I got clarity for myself as to what I actually wanted and didn't want. Right. And then it makes a difference. So and it's just the process. I mean, like I, I was talking about this with a friend recently about how dates can be like mini experiments. So the, one of the complaints I used to whine about this too, I'm like, oh, I don't want to like go have some some random drink with some random dude in a random bar again, you know, that feeling of like re repetitive, boring. And so then I was like, okay, well, you know, make a new suggestion. Like, can I, can I design a series of dates with different people that to experiment with like what feels good? So like, I found like, okay, a coffee in a park walking around feels great. Um, I tried like an activity, like ice skating, terrible. <laughs> and so you could like use this as kind of like fun ways to experiment with what works for you too. One of the things I noticed is that like it's very easy to become a victim of the dating scene because you think you're stuck in some almost like institutional dynamic. But we have a lot of power and agency to influence our own experiences, to make our own suggestions, to design our own way through it um, with I say, a combination of the intentionality and the courage to do so. So I'm curious, like if you with all the people you've coached around this, when people are actually you know like they're in the dating process they're meeting people in the apps they're going out like what are some things that you that you advise people to kind of think about or do to make the most out of that experience make it the most effective and fun process possible um a, a lot of what we talked about like one i have them go what's there to learn like can i see this person as a human being not as somebody i'm going to win or lose with right so that shifts my heart back and like wow i had the honor of meeting another human soul. And all of this, it, it's, it's an important part of the experience, right? So now I don't see them as a win or a loss. I saw it as this like human soul that I get to connect with or learn something from about, or maybe teach depending on, you know, what the situation is. So that stops me from the, like that intensity of like, oh, I gotta win. Right. Which and is, then isn't that so funny when you think about the fact that we do have this adversarial approach to dating, just the fact that we have this kind of weird, like win lose mentality is so funny. And you go, how, how are two humans supposed to, you know, cooperatively discover if there's attraction and something there, if we are kind of rocking up with this, like me versus you sitting across the table, interview style, almost a little combative dating style, right? Like it's hysterical. I love that. So like really seeing the other person as a human, and irrespective of whether it becomes romantic or not, just like, wow, like we get to drop in and learn and share. I love that. Yes. And when you're planning the date, like also making sure that it's something you want to do, like you're like activity skating, you're like, ah! I'm like, ooh, skating, right? Like everybody's different, but that also has you understand who you're matched with, right? So for me, like going to a bar, that's, that's not, 
my idea of really getting to know somebody. Like I like to be out. I like to be able to see how they interact with people. I like to be able to, you know, see how they interact with the world around them. Right. So, but it's knowing what feels right for you and then being willing to set your boundary for that and being willing to take authorship around that versus like, okay, here you come to me and you tell me what we're going to do and you show up how, show me how great you are. But it's like, no, I'm going to actually be an, an integral part of this dynamic. And I have a say in what we do so that I, I also feel comfortable in it. And, and like you said, to the point of having fun, like I really, I don't, I honestly don't think most people enjoy going and sitting in a bar. I think most people don't really do that except on dates. I have friends who don't even drink except when they go on a date, which is hysterical, right? And I think like, it's like, and so I love this idea and I can see there is a new wave of this with dating where the, the idea is to do things you already like. So even as you're dating, it never feels like a waste of time. You're, you know, it's, it's almost like just getting to know somebody, bringing them on your ride or joining their ride for a day and like really being willing to be in that fun, playful energy. And like more importantly than just not hating dating, when you're happy and doing something you love, like you're way more attractive, you know, so you get to, and like you said, you get to see how people respond to things, the more dynamic environment. If you're, if you're a dater and you've been sticking to the coffee drinks rule, I highly recommend shaking it up a bit, even if it's simply going for a walk down in a park or if it's going to like a little a, a gallery or like to a cool VR experience like shaking it up so that you're taking the pressure off each other but more importantly you're actually enjoying yourselves and connecting as people I have one more question for we, for you before we jump off okay which is that if you if you could teach everyone out there who's single right now if you could teach them instantly one thing that you think would radically change their love lives what would you teach them hmm oh that's a tough question I would probably teach them to go and look at their past relationships and figure out what the one thing was that didn't work because I promise you we're repetitive and we make the same mistakes and then we get surprised that we make the same mistakes, right? So the one thing that I would teach people is we're creatures of habit. Go back and get the one mistake that you made in the past because I guarantee you there's not that many mistakes and when you get them, the aha moment sets in, which now get, shifts the game for you. I love that, like tracking patterns. And I, I, I so agree with you. I think the first step of intentional dating is knowing and healing your own patterns. It's so funny, right? Because it has so little to do with other people. I think that very first step is really understanding that. And then it's like the dreaming, like you said, like creating a vision, dealing with your own negative self-talk. Um, I think it's a beautiful way to drop into like a more enjoyable way to date. So thank you so and much for taking us on that little, on that little walkthrough of uh, a, a different, more positive way to approach dating. It was fun. I love this conversation. I've put myself through it. So I know firsthand, you know, it takes, it takes a little bit, but really approaching it from a different perspective will get you a different result. Absolutely. And again, like the intelligence designed here, and that's why, you know, I know you guys have a system inner you love, which literally takes, I mean, decades of this coaching and has systematized it into an online program. I've went, I went through, it was fantastic. Like going through and identifying your own patterns and you're in a dialogue. This is really hard to do with a, without a little structuring, um, without either like a coach or a program. So if you are in the position that you're dating and you 
would like to be more intentional and understand why things haven't worked out and to build something and a vision for your future that's better, uh, you can check the show notes below. We've linked it there. It's a fantastic program. And for those of you who are in Levet, so much of the pedagogy of our system was really based on the Handel Group's coaching because Lauren, the co-founder of Levet, is also a co-founder of Handel, you know, really finding ways to apply the psychology that has changed so many thousands of people's lives, applying that psychology into like a technological system uh, to help people find better love. So you'll recognize a lot of it in world. Uh, so enjoy that, go check it out. And, and may we all be more intentional, but also just have more fun on our dating journeys. Yeah. Have fun. Thanks for joining and listening to this conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are single and you are ready for something better, do check out what I've built with Levette. We're offering a free month trial. And you can get a real sense for you know how this is such a different kind of platform. It's 100% video, 100% vetted, like actual background checks, and 0% BS. We've even built in an amazing automated anti-ghosting system. I really designed Levette as a conscious response to so much of, you know, I'd say the disruptive and antisocial behaviors I saw in dating. And so this is an amazing virtual social club where you can meet and play with people who are on the same page, playing by the same rules. It is so much fun inside. So if you're single and want to check it out, make sure you go to the show notes below and start your application. 